Hey there, welcome to an episode of The Walk of Father Roderick. And the sound that you hear indicates that I'm not outside, because what you hear is rain that is clattering against the small windows of the attic of the rectory where I live. The wind is blowing, it is uh, horrible weather, it is a Saturday afternoon, and uh, I'm very glad that nothing leaks here. The roof seems to be well constructed, even though this attic, this house, is more than a hundred years old. There are some very huge uh, chimneys here, stone chimneys, which are no longer in use. And uh, they were very necessary when this house was built to uh, make sure that the priest that lived here uh, could stay warm in the winter because it gets very cold. Um, Now, these chimneys actually cause more problems than that they solve because uh, they they are air conducts. And so in the winter, they they get rid of the heat instead of (laughs) helping me keep the heat inside so we're still looking for a solution for that because this is uh, definitely not a house that contributes to uh, let's say the uh, the balance of our climate right now it it just seeps energy from all sides so instead of walking outside i am taking you for a walk inside and uh it's not just because of the weather. I'm entering a small room here. It's kind of like a hut that is built inside the attic. I think this was a spare room of uh, one of my predecessors. And when they had people stay over, they could uh, sleep here. There was a, an old mattress here that we <laughs> threw away. There is a window and there are cobwebs everywhere, actually. There are cobwebs in my hair right now. There is a really dreadful picture of uh, a very sugary Jesus uh, with a lamb on his knees and then uh, mother sheep is uh, also uh, walking towards Jesus to be hugged and then there are lots and lots of other sheep grazing there and then here is a an icon of the Virgin Mary uh, but it's done with uh, stitches uh, cross stitching so it's it's all you know, with uh, wool. Um, yeah, not really my my style. There is a fake Christmas tree here. <laughs> this is where I keep my Christmas tree. I'm, I'm too lazy to disassemble it. This is a German Christmas tree. It's pretty cool. I, I got it as a present from uh, uh, one of my parishioners. But it took so much time to assemble it that I was just, oh, let's put it on the attic. <laughs> It's going to be down here in a couple of months anyway. And I have the remains of what is, well, what used to be and may become again, my um, my uh, uh, treadmill. Oops, th- those are all the screws and stuff. It was a pain to disassemble this, uh, but it's even harder to assemble it. And uh, it weighs a ton. So... Uh, we brought this upstairs with the three or four people, and uh, in my mind, I would assemble it here. Uh, I have an old television here that I no longer use. It's 
also very old-fashioned. But I figured I'd put that on the wall. It's one of those early flat screens so that I could watch some TV while running. Because, of course, uh, you know, in the winter, it's sometimes the weather is not very favorable to runners. So I thought if I can make a little running room here, then that would be nice. And in the winter, it's very cold here, which, of course, is very good if you are going to work out because uh, you generate the heat yourself. Another reason, and you hear me panting and it's not because I'm out of shape. Well, actually, it is because I'm out of shape. Uh, Let me close this door here. Don't want to get more spiders in there. Here's a ladder and uh, that goes up to the, the flat part of the roof. But I have no intention to go outside. The reason that I'm not fit is, uh, you may already know this, uh, because you follow me on social media, um, I'm actually pretty sick. (laughs) I have difficulty walking. Um, And so I'll just kind of uh, uh, resume in a nutshell what happened. Uh, Let me see, have I shown everything here? Uh, Yeah, I think I can go down the stairs. There is an altar stone here. This is from the church next to the... Ooh, that's a creepy animal. What is that? No, it's dead. They um, they actually had to treat... Uh, this entire attic is wood. And we noticed that there were holes, small holes everywhere, which means uh, very dangerous. If, if, if you don't treat the wood, then uh, the entire construction can become unstable. And so they treated this chemically a couple of months ago in the summertime. So I was forbidden to be here for months because it's very toxic stuff. Right now, it should be safe. Uh, if not, I'll, I guess I'll, uh, I'll notice it. So there are some dead bugs here everywhere. It's probably because of all the poison that they used. <laughs> anyway, turn off the light, close the door. So this started about... This door doesn't really stay put. There you go. Closes. Uh, this started last week. In the, during the weekend, I got a very severe cold and uh, flu and everything. And I kind of uh, was barely able to make it through the masses. Um, and uh, I asked uh, one of the acolytes to, um, to distribute communion because I was afraid that I would uh, uh, hand it over to my parishioners. Um, and that took a couple of days to ebb away. I tried to work as, as much as I could. And then on, what was it? Oh yeah, last Saturday, so uh, exactly a week ago, I had planned to go film a couple of interviews at a, one of those fantasy events in the south of the country. And I would also visit a small religious community in a village nearby celebrate Mass there, etc. And uh, so I went there, and uh, I was already feeling a little bit shaky, but I thought it's probably just the remainder of the cold, and I'll be okay. The, the weather was glorious. It was a beautiful day, and, uh, well, it's just one of those costume events, so visually it's amazing. You see so many people uh, showcasing their creativity and uh, their skill in, in making costumes and makeup and everything. Uh, so that was really fun. But I was low energy, so ultimately ended up uh, filming only a few interviews. And uh, most of the time I spent with uh, a couple of friends, with uh, Deacon John, 
Uh, and he, he, he told me that uh, his wife was ill and they had visited me just a few days before. And normally they always go together. They always have the, the Scottish uh, uh, dress and everything, uh, the kilts. And, uh, but she had decided to, or she, she couldn't come because she was ill. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. Well, actually, maybe I have what she has. Um, but I, I was getting, the more the day progressed, the more, you know, queasy I became. And uh, uh, so I, I barely made it home. <laughs> I was really feeling sick. And uh, that night uh, I got high fever. But as you know, I'm a parish priest in a parish with many churches, not many priests. So I knew that I had to celebrate two masses on Sunday morning. That was hard. That was really hard. I, I noticed uh, that uh, in addition to the fever, which really ran high, it went up to, what is it, 30, uh, 39.5 degrees. Um, how much is that in Fahrenheit? Uh, a lot. <laughs> it's, it's really, it's not regular fever. Um, but in addition to that, I started to get this pain in the bladder um, and, and uh, difficulty uh, at the toilet also. Uh, so extra pain. And there was some blood also in the urine. And that's when I started to get, well, to uh, understand that it, this had to be something that probably had to do something with, uh, with kidney stones. Uh, by the way, I'm now one floor below the attic. This is a hallway. Uh, so there is a staircase uh, that goes further down. Um, and this is a small hallway. There are one, two, three, four, five rooms here and one door that leads to a tiny toilet, which, by the way, is at the end of the corridor. It's a very weird toilet. It's really small. And... If you step in here, it looks like something from the 70s, like 1970s. Uh, there used to be two nuns that lived in this house. And I think this must have been installed <laughs> when they were still very young. And um, so it's, it's a very small toilet. It's hard to clean. Well, I'll spare you the details anyway. And the door itself is also really creaky. It's a hundred-year-old wooden door with also of these windows and uh, if you want to have a mental picture this looks like the door of the TARDIS actually the entire toilet looks like a TARDIS so um, I still hope that we can renovate the toilet a little bit um, and, but if we can't or if we can't uh, replace this and I have a, a plan to paint this door blue and, um, and make it look like a TARDIS only it will be a TARDIS where it's actually smaller on the inside. <laughs> uh, here to my right is my sleeping room. All these rooms are, are big. This is an old uh, rectory. So there's not much here. There's an Ikea bed here. And uh, a uh, little table next to the bed. Two metal tables here next to the bed where I've got my reading glasses. And uh, on the other side, icon of the Virgin Mary. This is the um, uh, air conditioner, mobile air conditioner. Really stupid thing. Doesn't really work that well, but anything better than nothing. And uh, I've got a big Harry Potter Hogwarts castle poster here because the, the room is really big and haven't 
didn't ha- I don't have much to uh, decorate it with. These are two old um, closets with so lots and lots of shelves, which is really cool because I can make a shelf for everything. So the, here, up here is my walking uh, stuff, so walking socks, um, the uh, the camelback. Uh, what is this? Oh, it's my Ewok hat. <laughs> I don't walk around with that in the winter. Uh, this is my running stuff, uh, some running socks, terrible underwear, uh, shirts. This is my rain uh rain clothes pajamas everything is is like has its own shelf and that is well, I like that <laughs> I like my, things to be very ordered and then on the other side and th- th- this is the extent of my clothes actually here on the other side is another similar big uh uh cupboard but this one doesn't have that many shelves just one upper shelf here uh, and this has everything liturgical. So this is my this is my cassock from Rome. Ru, what new line for clergymen made in Italy? Yes, so it's my cassock. Put that back, and then I've got my chasubles. These are because we have so many churches, and uh, I'm I'm a hobbit uh, compared to my fellow priests in the Netherlands. So usually, the chasubles that are on location are very tall and uh, I don't fit. Uh, They're they're like wedding dresses. (laughs) So I have my own chasubles uh, that I bought in Rome, very cheap uh, stuff, but um, easy to take with me. So this is the pink one, a red one. uh, This is a World Youth Day white one. This is just a regular Italian one. This is one with a lot of gold. Actually, the prettiest one from a distance. Uh, I bought this for you know, for, for Christmas and for Easter. Unfortunately, the material is very plasticky, so it, it really feels like a raincoat. But from a distance, you don't notice that it's fake. <laughs> this, is a, this is my alb, the, the alb that I got for my ordination. It's a French model, which really always... I always liked this one for prayer, for everything. I've celebrated so many masses with that one. This is the purple one, and this is my... <laughs> This is my Slytherin cape. (laughs) So after all the liturgical stuff, here is my Slytherin uh, Snape-like cape that I wear when I go to these these, uh, uh, fantasy events. I always uh, tell people when they ask me why a priest is uh, walking around in a Slytherin costume, I tell them that I'm the official chaplain of Slytherin at Hogwarts because well these 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 boys need some guidance some moral guidance <laughs> and these children need some uh, well if there's any is if there's one house that needs some spiritual guidance and some moral uh, education then it's uh, it's uh, Slytherin and then I've got my t-shirts here I think I've got eight t-shirts in total that catholic show that's an old one lord of the rings return of the king that's a premier shirt New Zealand, the rugby logo, and then I've got a number of black uh, clerical shirts. They're all the same, all from the same uh, shop in Rome. And that's it. I don't have any other clothes. So, uh, where was I? Okay, yeah, I was sharing the, what happened. So, 
at first I thought it's just um, probably uh, a um, a fever. Um, what do you call it? Uh, fl- uh, flu? No, it's a, yeah, the flu. The flu. The fl- I thought it was the flu, uh, but then with the problems with the the bladder. I think this is probably one of those kidney stones. I knew in 2017 I'd been, when I walked to Santiago before I left, I wanted to make sure that I wouldn't get a kidney stone attack while I was on my way to Santiago because that's not something you can treat when you're walking around uh, in the middle of nowhere. And so I had the kidneys scanned back then and they noticed that there were two small kidney stones sitting there. But they were just sitting there doing nothing, and so my doctor told me that probably I'd be fine. So I went to Santiago, never really gave it any thought. Now, what happened probably is one of those, or actually both of those kidney stones came loose and uh, were pushed out of the uh, out of the kidney. Strangely enough, I haven't had any pain attacks. Normally, uh, that is a very painful process. But for some reason, I have not felt it. Or maybe it happened while I was um, that Saturday in um, in the south while I was walking because I did feel really bad at the end of the day, but it wasn't the excruciating pain that I normally associate with these uh, kidney stone attacks, and uh, that the that those kidney stones you kind of think of a small like round stone or something like that, but that's not at all what they look like. They're actually they're crystals, and they are made out of uh, uh, calcium. And so imagine like a, a mountain crystal. It's got very, very sharp edges. It looks like a, like a star or almost, and all those edges are razor sharp. And so these little stones can do a lot of damage in your bladder. And I, so they, that's what caused the bleeding. But then these wounds in your in the, the walls of your of your bladder can get infected if there's a, another bacteria, which is very common actually, and that causes a bladder infection and that can cause the fever, etc. So that's what happened. And so on Sunday it got worse and worse. Um, on Monday, I um, I just felt that this this was much worse than ever before. So the, the I've had this once before with a stone in the bladder and an infection, and I just, my doctor put me on antibiotics, and I just had to wait for the, for the stone to leave the body, which happened a couple of days later. No harm done, and then the fever was gone very quickly, but this was different. This was so vicious, and I was so sick, and pain was way worse than I have ever experienced so far. And it was almost as if, uh, you know, I was kicked with Thor's hammer in the, in the reins. That's how it felt. Like the entire lower part of my body, uh, let's say between my knees and my, and my navel, was one, you know, pulsating wound of pain. It was really, made it very hard to walk. And, um, and, and so at the end of the day, I was like, this is, this is not good. I, and, and the fever was running high. And I remembered that the doctor two years ago told me that, you know, if, if there is obstruction somewhere and you get a fever, you have to go to, uh, to the emergency room <laughs> because it can be very dangerous if one of your kidneys fails. Or if you get sepsis, which is a 
kind of blood poisoning, um, then you can be dead in a couple of hours. <laughs> and so all of a sudden I'm, I'm remembering that and I was like, oh, I need to call the doctor right now. So I call up the assistant and she tells, well, I, I told her a little bit uh, uh, what was going on. And uh, she said, well, we're almost going to close, like five o'clock. It was four. And at five, you know, nobody will be here, so you'll have to go to the hospital. Can you get a sample of your urine over here? And I was like, Ooh, I'm not sure. I could barely walk, let alone, you know, take a car. Um, and so I called up uh, a friend here in the village, and uh, he uh, brought it to the doctor. And... Uh, Literally, I think 10 minutes later, I get a phone call. I was like, you have to come here. And I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> because I didn't have anyone who could bring me there. And it was raining. And, uh, but the, 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 it was serious enough for me to think, you know, I, I have no choice. I have to go there. So I did go by car. Probably not the wisest thing. I, am, I arrived there like, five or ten past five, and there's only one doctor, one physician left. Uh, not my usual physician, uh, but a, uh, another doctor. I think she normally takes care of children there. And she stayed specifically for me, which I appreciate so much. And she said, uh, you know, there, there are some things that worry me in the sample that we've examined. Um, uh, she asked some additional questions. Uh, she said, We're I'm going to put you immediately on antibiotics. This is not something that we have to postpone another day. Uh, it's too risky, so I'm going to prescribe you antibiotics. And I'm going to call the hospital and ask for a second opinion. So she calls up uh, uh, one of the doctors at the uh, urology department of the hospital, local hospital here. And he says, well... Uh, yeah, start him on antibiotics, and I want to see him tomorrow at 10 uh, so we can um, monitor uh, the situation. So both of them were, well, alarmed is maybe a big word, but they were definitely uh, very, very cautious, not taking any risks. And, and uh, the, my doc the doctor said uh, uh, that, you know, it's good that you came. <laughs> don't don't feel guilty because I felt very guilty while I was there. She got all these WhatsApp messages from her children. <laughs> it's like, mommy, when are we going to eat now? And I was like, oh, I feel so guilty. I'm keeping her here, and <laughs> but oh, really, really um, filled me with gratitude to to see that they went the extra mile just to make sure that I was safe. So then I had to go to the hospital to pick up the medication because the other pharmacies in the city were already closed. Went back home, started immediately, uh, took some paracetamol for, uh, against the pain, went to bed, and then I really got scared because the fever returned. I was literally waking up soaked in sweat. Um, which is absolutely not normal for me, <laughs> and and with so much pain, and, uh, and and I was starting to fear that I had uh, sepsis, or this could lead to sepsis. And then it's, uh, this blood poisoning, once you get it, you can actually get a delirium. And then I'm like, but I'm alone here. There's nobody who can monitor that. So I, I can't call 
911 or it's 112 here in the Netherlands for an ambulance because I will no longer be, <laughs> my mind will not function anymore. So really, I, I prayed a lot that night. I was like, God, if this is your will, sure, <laughs> sure, I guess. But uh, hey, <laughs> I think I may be able to do some work for you later on here on planet Earth for a while. So if you're not in a hurry, I'm, I'm certainly not in a hurry <laughs> to come over to see you. Uh, it's kind of very weird how you start kind of negotiating with God and... Um, And I prayed Mary and uh, and also uh, Saint Therese of Lisieux. I was like, okay, I need some help here because <laughs> I'm very worried. And then uh, the next morning, uh, at 10 o'clock, I uh, I'm at the hospital again. Again, drove myself. I was a, was a little bit uh, better that morning, so I thought. So, oh, by the way, I'm actually I'm walking around here. I should I forget to tell you what I'm where I am I'm, I'm currently in the Harry Potter room I call this the Harry Potter room this one has nice windows and also slanted windows kind of like an alcove here in the corner where you can just sit and just like in the middle ages you have these windows here on both sides and there's a little plateau where you can sit with a book very cozy there is a fireplace or used to be a fireplace which would have a, a little um What is it? Stove, probably in front of it. And uh, on top of that, I've got some Harry Potter decorations. So I've got a little um, wooden box here. And if you open it, there is actually a, a haggis inside. <laughs> It's a little fake animal. Here's my wand. This is actually uh, Newt's commander's wand, which is very simple, very plain. Some candles and uh, the crest of... of uh, of Hogwarts, Draco Dormiens Nunquam Titilandus. Uh, and this is my little writing table. This is where I, in the morning, when I don't want to have any screens in front of me, here's where I do my, you know, uh, administration. And if I want to write something or just want to be creative, I go sit here. Um, so, at, oh, and on the, here on the table is temporarily the Millennium Falcon, which is huge, and it has a rotating disc and some, well, anyway, it's kind of hard to make sounds with this thing without breaking it apart, but uh, it's just sitting here temporarily. It's going to move because I don't want Star Wars in my Harry Potter room here. I've got some wooden signs. One says Hogwarts Express. The other one has a nice night scene of Hogwarts on it. This is a room in progress. Um, anyway, let's move over to uh, the room where I spend most of my time, which is the hobby room, which has my adjustable table for the Lego streams. And then here in the corner is my trusty old PC where I sit and work or play video games or just browse and read. Um, very, very nice little room easy to to heat in the winter this is the only room i'll open the, the curtains a bit it's the only room that i can get warm enough in the winter the others are just too cold to uh, to sit in this is a uh, big uh cupboard again with lots and lots of lego all neatly sorted in by color and by type got some boxes here some 
Lego projects that I still have to build. Some others are already in place. Anyway, there's still... Not that I have much energy for Lego streaming these days. I hope my YouTube audience will forgive me. Uh, because they're not all full following me on social media, so I hope that they... Uh, uh, they have they probably have other stuff to to watch on YouTube. It's not that YouTube doesn't have any other videos. <laughs> anyway, so um, I arrived there at the. Um, I need to sit down a little bit because I feel that I'm I'm walking a little bit too much. This is, by the way, I'm back in the hallway. This is where I say all my prayers. Sorry, <laughs> sitting down and and walking is painful. So here in my right hand is a. Small, what you call that in English? A dressoir in French. So it's a, it's kind of a cupboard, but it looks like a table. This is where I celebrate mass. Uh, so it's got my chalice and the paten and the missal and everything, candles, and then above that, I've uh, placed a number of, well, not really icons. They're paintings, religious paintings. There's the Virgin Mary in the center, and then some scenes of the gospel so if you've got the washing of the feet up there and then on the right is jesus at the cross forgiving the repentant murderer below that is an image of the uh disciples that went to emmaus and then it's the moment that jesus breaks the bread with them and they recognize him on the other side of mary on the left side is the um visitation so you see mary on the left and elizabeth and the, what I really like is that you see the, the two children in their wombs also greeting each other. And then all the way on the left is a small one with the Annunciation. So you see the angel kneeling in front of Mary, which is beautiful. Usually it's the other way around. But it's, it's this uh, angel, Gabriel. And then you see a bird flying above Mary. So this is the Holy Spirit. And then there is one more picture, kind of the prefiguration of the Eucharist. Uh, it's the the wedding of Cana and Mary interceding with her son and Jesus pointing at the the what is it the, the containers and has the servant fill them with water and on, on the left you see the people celebrating the the wedding not really knowing what's going on behind the scenes so both that and the Jesus breaking the bread with the disciples of the at Emmaus uh, are I think nice illustrations for the, the mass that I celebrate here, so I don't, I don't uh, in, during the week don't celebrate the mass in the parishes uh, because uh, because of my my other duties. Anyway, so here's this is a great place to sit in the morning and uh, pray the liturgy of the hours, and it's also a really good place to sit if you're tired, <laughs> like I am now. <laughs> so um, I'm. Uh, the first day they, I arrive at the urology department, and I don't really have a formal appointment. It's just a doctor kind of verbally said to my physician, let him come at 10 o'clock. Turns out there is just a, uh, an open hour where anyone with severe problems can come and get some advice. Um, but I, when I'm there, I'm getting so uh, nauseous and... Uh, I can barely stand on my feet. The sweat is on my forehead. I, I'm running a fever. And so the lady um, at the desk is, well, I think I'm just going to bring you straight to the emergency room. 
And so that's what she did. She brought me over to the ER. Um, sorry, I have to kind of move here. And at the ER, they take my blood again. I have to give them a urine sample. And then the waiting begins. And after a while, uh, the doctor uh, arrives as uh, a female urologist. And so I, I've had kidney stones many, many years. So I, I kind of know what's going on. I describe it. I say, I just want to know if there are no additional risks because, um, well, you know, the, the, the fever, the obstruction, uh, there was way more blood in the urine than, than uh, the days before. I'm like, I'm just not sure about this. And she's, okay, good. We're just going to make a CT scan so we can see what's going on. And if there are any stones, we will find them. So then I go... Uh, you know, get the CT scan, which is all always kind of a science fiction moment. It always reminds me of um, uh, Total Recall, <laughs> you know, where where Arnold Schwarzenegger is, uh, you know, put in that machine and it has the same circular design, and uh, you have to hold your breath. And then it's it's, a, it's incredibly weird. It's kind of also Stargate like, you know, the thing starts to spin and then they're making like this 3D scan of your lower body. Um and uh, and then I again have to wait, 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 wait for everything to be analyzed and then I got my final uh discussion or or talk with the the uh, specialist there. And she she tells me that uh, she's going to change me. Uh, from, uh, she's going to change the antibiotics because uh, my physician had given me like a general general purpose antibiotics. This one is more specific for the bacteria that they found, um, and it's much stronger. And it, I'll have to take it for two weeks. She says if anything changes in the upcoming days, call us. Don't. Hesitate, don't wait, call us. <laughs> but normally the blood in your urine should start to disappear in a couple of days. Uh, you should feel better. The fever will go down. And um, uh, But if anything goes wrong, call us. So I go home, I'm kind of relieved. I'm like, okay. I make a selfie at the hospital and I'm thinking, okay. Well, this is the end. Oh, by the way, the CT scan showed that there are no more stones in my body, which is really good news. Like, th both the stones in the kidney are gone, but also the stone that I thought was still in the bladder had already left the bladder. But the pain was still there, obviously, because, well, it had caused an infection and probably also a lot of damage to the bladder itself. I come home. When, when are we then? It's, uh, it's Friday? When was that? No, today is Saturday. Was it? Th no, it was on Wednesday. The hospital was Wednesday. Thursday, kind of stay in bed for most of the day. Uh, fever, really not feeling good. Um, Friday, I was already... No, wait, I did one more thing on on Thursday... Normally every week I record a, a short video, like a news report uh, with uh, uh, Marjolaine, uh, who is one of our one of my colleagues for the Dutch Catholic channel that we started a while ago. And so we we uh, since there is almost no coverage of what Pope Francis does or what happens in the Vatican, in the Netherlands, uh, not even in in 
Catholic newspaper, so there's almost nothing. So Catholics know nothing about what happens in the Vatican. So we decided to do like a do 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 a pre- presentation. So the two of us go through the news every week. It's been very popular. It's uh, really fun to make. Um, but uh, I I was like, well, I'm too sick. I can't sit in front of a camera. We decided to film it here in the sunroom downstairs. I will take you there in a minute. And uh, uh, so she came over here. We filmed everything here. I was still in, in a lot of pain. Inga also came along, uh, <laughs> cleaned the kitchen while we were filming. Thank you so much. And uh, and then I went back to bed uh, because it was still um, probably not the wisest thing to do. But I was glad to do it anyway because it, we had some very inspiring stories to share. And then... Um, that next night, uh, things were going downhill instead of uphill. I was, feel, I was feeling much worse. Uh, the, the, the nights were very, very rough. Um, again, I was sweating so much. and, and I also felt almost nauseous because of the pain. And I just couldn't pinpoint where the pain was and until I noticed that um, I, I had swollen uh, forgive me the description the graphic description but I had a swollen testicle uh, which is immediately makes sense because then probably what happened is that the infection spread through the bladder to the testicles and and uh, one of them was inflamed and uh, that caused so much pain, um, and, and it was something new that I hadn't. Uh, uh, it's not something that I noticed before. And so the next day, I was like, "Oh my goodness, what am I going to do? Um, is uh, am I going to go back to my regular physicians? Probably not smart. Am I going to go to the hospital?" Uh, how are the antibiotics even uh, appropriate for for this extra complication? And uh, well, anyway, I, I was like, no, nah, I'm just going to give them a call. That's what they said. If the situation deteriorates, plus there was much more blood in the urine than before. Sorry if this is is very graphic. I uh, <laughs> well. It is what it is, you know. It's it's the way our bodies work and sometimes don't work. And um, so uh, this was serious enough for me to go and, and uh, have a uh, consultation with uh, one of the uh, doctors that was on call there. And uh, he said, "Okay, uh, you have the right antibiotics, but this is going to." take you much longer. This is an extra complicated... You already had a complicated infection uh, that, you know, the, the symptoms were much more severe than normal. Now you have uh, this inflammation that's very... happens a lot. There's nothing to worry about, but it will take time for the antibiotics because this is deeper tissue or something like that. Um, it takes more time for uh, the antibiotics to reach that infection, but it will start to work. Um, And also uh, the bleeding should stop. It is still possible that this entire situation is 
causing irritation in the bladder, uh, what is it, the, the, the wall of the bladder, and that may cause the blood, but it's nothing to worry about. You know, I was so relieved to hear that. It was like nothing to worry about. Um, <laughs> because this is just stuff that I've never gone through. And I just uh, don't want to put myself or the people with whom I work in a situation where uh, because I'm not following up on problems uh, and I or at first when I discovered that the, that the infection had spread, I was like, okay, this is not really Instagrammable, if you see what I mean. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, sorry, I got to get up again. That's the downside of this infection. So both my bladder and, let's say, the lower area are now very painful. So I can't really sit, stand, or walk in for a long time in the same position. Let me go to another room here. This is a, another big room at the back of the house this used to be i think the bedroom for my predecessors but i can't sleep here because of this huge flock of birds that is sitting in the trees outside the window there and they're making so much noise day and night so this is now the place where i store my lego buildings the ones that i've already installed and i've got a tv here and these are star wars uh puppets this this one is a big uh storm stormtrooper the one actually it's a sand trooper from tatooine with the orange patch this is captain phasma with a uh, mantle in cloth it's actually quite nice it's unfortunate that she is completely made out of gray plastic and not really the shiny silvery stuff i've got two scout troopers um because i don't know you need two of them. It looks cooler. And then I've got Poe Dameron here in his uh, uh, X-Wing fighter costume. And I've got um, the most humble one, uh, which is Finn, uh, who is just wearing his... Uh, I'm glad that he gets much better, a be- better outfit for episode nine. He's been stuck with that, those clothes for, for two episodes. Poor guy. Anyway, uh, where else? I think I've taken you everywhere. Here's a bathroom. Uh, well, there's not much to see here. I've got a washing machine and a dryer. Um, and I have uh, about two big boxes of of clothes that I have to fold, which I hate. <laughs> and uh, I have to wash my clothes all the time because of all the sweating <laughs> during the night. Anyway, uh, let's go down the stairs. So uh, I have to come back on Tuesday... Uh, and then they will check up on me. And uh, the uh, the upside now is that I know that there's nothing really uh, life threatening. And maybe I'm a bit hypochondriac uh, with this the fear of getting sepsis and everything. But it's just that, that this is new to me. When I get a, a, a kidney stone attack, I'm like, yeah, been there, done that. Yeah, it hurts. <laughs> it's just pain, you know. I'll laugh about it. This is my kitchen, by the way. I've got the, uh, just ran the dishwasher, so I need to put that away. Uh, I already cooked, so I've got some basmati rice, very fragrant rice. And then here, I've got some Chinese uh, soy soy sauce-based 
sauce with uh, um, uh, marinated meat and some uh, veggies and stuff. Well, anyway, uh, and this is the most important device. Uh, this is, of course, my coffee maker, which is pretty essential <laughs> in any situation. Um, let's go. Uh, here is a big map of Westeros, which is the first thing you see when you enter uh, the the rectory. When you enter my the, the door here, when you step out of here, it's locked. This this is the parish part. So. If you, so they have a, a, a big kitchen there, and on the right is a very big uh, assembly hall where they can organize things. And here's a door that leads straight into the church. Let's open that. Now it's already getting dark. I can immediately smell the frankincense. Here's a statuette of uh, St. Joseph, the patron saint of the church. And on the other side, on the opposite side, is a beautiful statue in silver uh, of the Virgin Mary. This is carried around in processions. Um, And, of course, people light candles here. And then uh, we've got some stained glass windows. This this church is 100 years old. It's not very big, but it still really feels and looks like a church. We have statues of saints on both sides, on the pillars. Um, And there are some saints. That's St. Andrew and St. Jacob in the stained glass windows, St. Peter and St. Paul. So we've got the apostles in the stained glass windows. We've got another beautiful uh, kind of neo-Gothic statue of the Virgin Mary seated uh, with the baby Jesus on her lap. And uh, on the other side is a big statue, a wooden statue of St. Joseph. The altar is made out of uh, wood from the original, um, what is it, the benches, um, the the pews. Unfortunately, in the 60s, there was a priest who decided that this church was way too old-fashioned. Let's all paint it white. And so he painted over all the he closed the church, actually, a very, very sneaky guy. So he closed the church and, without the consent of his parishioners, painted, had people paint everything white. So all the paintings are gone, which makes it super empty. And it's still one of my dreams that one of these days we can kind of bring back the, this church to its former glory. What he also did was, like, kneeling. That's, that's, not, that's not modern. Let's, people don't need to kneel. They need to be... He's sitting, you know, and they need to be comfortable. So he had these very expensive new pews being made. And all the, uh, the kneelers were removed, and they're still gone until this day. And the pews are even a little bit slanted backwards. So you sit and lean backwards, and it's very hard to get out of this sitting position, literally, especially for old people. So it's like... If you're, you know, at the movies. Um, and when I first came here, I noticed that people just liked to sit. They never, they didn't almost, didn't stand during the appropriate moments during Mass. So uh, things are changing very rapidly. And 
This is a really uh, a, a very nice place to be here for Mass. I'll, I'll be celebrating Mass here tonight. I think I can do that. This is the bell. From 1911. That's how old it is. This is a sacristy. Let me open it. And so this is very old. This is really in dire need of uh, of a fixer-upper because it's moldy here. And there's this beautiful old uh, sacristy uh, cupboard or what you call it. Uh, but unfortunately, it's just a mess. People just use it as, as a dumping place for all their stuff. All this electronics, audio equipment, it's it's ancient. It is a mess. Everything is, is literally holding together with... Uh, uh, with duct tape uh, there's even a drum here there is a choir here that still uses drums don't ask what i think of that <clears throat> but anyway for some reason they won't need to store that here um, and everything is just old and oh, freely we need to paint this and clean it up a bit here's a Hallway, uh, lots and lots of cupboards, all with choral music sheets. And this is this used to be the second sacristy in the past. Now it's just uh, kind of an archive slash repository for the statues of the nativity scene and the pots for the plants and stuff. It's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's. Uh, if it was my house, I would definitely clean it up. <laughs> but of course, you can't make too many changes without without uh, involving another animal. Oh, that's another thing here. It's so dirty and moist that if you lift up anything, immediately all sorts of creepy crawlers start to run away. I don't know. Back in the church. It's now half past five, so I probably need to get a, start to get ready for mass. Um, the uh, so uh, I'll I'll be back at the hospital on Tuesday, and uh, I think it's going to be all right. I just don't know uh, how much I can do in the upcoming days. I can obviously record podcasts, uh, at least this one, as long as you don't expect me to go out for a. For a long walk outside that would probably be a little bit too much let's go back into the geeky quarters show you the last part of the house um, I do have to make some video recordings for my TV show because I uh, most of the episodes need a presentation and so I had recorded some stuff in advance but I need to uh, do some stuff for the uh, two episodes that are going to be edited this week um, but that is just a matter of that's a couple of minutes you know I can uh, I can probably uh, stay un- in control for a couple of minutes in front of the camera uh, and the thing is you, you don't really I don't look that sick um, from from the outside so it's the the pain is on the inside <laughs> oh speaking of which it's getting it's getting bad I should probably end this recording anyway let me just quickly tell you where we are now this is the main living room Uh, very big Um, I've got a a large table here 
and some dark brown bookshelves that surround it. There's even a bookshelf above the table here on the left side. Underneath it is my Hogwarts Lego castle. Um, so that is a very, very nice place for to display it. And then the, the bookshelves uh, themselves are filled with geeky stuff. Like here, I've got the Lego Hogwarts train and a ticket, like a replica of a platform nine three quarters. Uh, here is uh, another wand. This is a, Sni a Snape's wand, I think. And uh, some more uh, treasure chests with... Uh, I kind of little. I can turn that on. Let's see. There you go. I've got some some uh, Christmas decoration that I bought, like these little balls, uh, golden balls, and there's a little LED on the inside. It looks really pretty when you turn it on. There's a little red dragon here. It's got some books uh, about Tolkien and Rowling and uh, uh, the Narnia series. Here I've got a translation, which is very rare nowadays to get. I still have this from my seminary time of the Summa Theologica. It's a translation, annotated translation in French. It's really, really good, even though it's already almost a century old. Um, here underneath I've got all my books from my communication studies, Lord of the Rings. I've got uh, on the other side of the table. So this table... Ouch. Oi. Ow, ow, ow. Sorry. Yeah, the little cramp there. Um, on the other side, uh, I've got uh, the, the table. I use it for board games and when I have family over for dinner. Here's the night bus, purple three-floor bus and a night bus ticket. And uh, then here's uh, this is the place that I like the most, where I sit the most. I've got two of these armchairs, old old-looking armchairs that are just from Ikea to rent new. And I've got a fake uh, uh, fire here, fireplace. Uh, the fireplace is real, but as I explained up there uh, on the attic, uh, the chimneys are no longer working. So I installed uh, a fake fireplace. It's still, I mean, it's fake, but it does the job. I just wanted to have a little bit of a hobbity atmosphere. I've got the big Marauder's map here above the chimney, as well as an owl and a statuette of the Virgin Mary. And here are some more theology, bookshelves, glasses. This is also one of my favorite rooms. This is the sunroom. It's a really big, you can hear that from the echo. I'm surrounded by glass. Very pretty. Uh, on one side, I can see the garden here. And uh, on the other side is the road, so I've got the blinds down. Um, this is a very warm room in the early in the spring uh this is always where i have my breakfast except in the winter because then it's freezing temperatures in here <laughs> but it's still a very nice place i'm very happy with it and maybe if we can isolate the house a little bit better in the upcoming years this will even be a place where you can stay in the in the in the winter who knows well that uh, kind of wraps it up with this extensive uh update on what's going on in uh, the life of Father Roderick. Uh, thank you so much for, uh, for your prayers. Um, my apologies if uh, my medical descriptions were sometimes a bit, I don't know, detailed. Um, then again, uh, it's all part of our bodies, and uh, this is what... I'm just a, a human being <laughs> like anyone else. 
So what matters, of course, is uh, that this is fixable. And I hope to be back to my full strength in a week or two. And in the meantime, I'll just do what I can to keep you uh, up to date. But uh, thank you so much for listening. Take care and God bless.